me, but I think Ed Sheeran was in it in one episode, and he got killed. Oh, there you That's go. That's all I know about Ed Sheeran. So that is the thing. That is what I would love to do if I ever got to the level of fame. No, <laughs> I don't. People have strong feelings about Ed Sheeran. I'm not one of them, but I would love to get to the level of fame to go on one of my favorite shows. And be killed off in some way. I think that would be so cool. Okay, which uh, which show? Which show are we doing this on? Is this like Murder She Wrote, Golden oh Girls? Like where are you if doing they did this? A, if they did like a for real, like a good reboot of Murder She Wrote, uh, I would love to be just like a dead body on Murder She Wrote. Oh, so you don't even want to show up alive and then die? You just want to be already found dead, or do you want to be like the guest? dead body well, of the episode now, now that you say it yeah maybe it would be fun especially if we're talking murder she wrote maybe it would be fun uh if if I, there was a little bit more to the the appearance than that um if we're talking a, about a production by dick wolf then yeah, it's gotta be if, that if uh, that's the case then yeah it's probably just a dead body because you know that's they always they just start with the dead body oftentimes on those yeah. uh those lawn orties that's true. I think you'd make a good dead body. You've already kind of got that bloated look, so probably not a lot of makeup. Really. Uh, I do get that a lot, yeah. Let's go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, it's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know, Masters of the Universe, Revelations, for show. Sure. we breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in, before He-Man, grab somebody and start eating, from Evil Lynn, Clamp Champ, Teela, and the Man of Arms, they have the power, so come and join the squad, yeah, dear Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, let's go. Welcome to Dear Skeletor, the unofficial companion podcast to Masters of the Universe Revolution. Join us as we recap each episode, celebrate the things we loved, and discuss the other aspects we may not have liked as much. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Forrest. How you doing, Forrest? Uh, What? What? (laughs) What? Yeah! (laughs) Yep. That's right. I'm doing great, John. I'm riding high off of just watching a, another episode of a He-Man, or I should say Masters of the Universe Revolution, uh, where the stakes couldn't be higher. It's the uh, it's the penultimate episode, the one before the finale, and uh, we got a bit of a cliffhanger. We're going to talk all about it, but wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's all I'm thinking. Wow. I'm, I'm going to tell you, this has been the hardest thing not to watch. Yeah, just knowing it's there. I mean, that I think that speaks to the quality of the and the execution of this season, uh, is that I think more than in seasons past, even though I like those quite a bit, I am kind of uh, on the edge of my seat for the next episode. And it is, you're right, like, we could watch it. We could finish it up. Uh, if we wanted to, but uh, spacing it out like this, man, it does it does make it a treat when it comes around to Sunday and we've got to watch some Masters of the Universe. Very cool stuff. That's true. That's true. It's just it, it's just one of those things. It's like I was not expecting it to be as uh, I don't know, 
I don't want to say I wasn't expecting to be as good. I really enjoyed uh, Revelations, especially like, you know, the latter half and everything else. But this has just been like operating on all cylinders. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, they really, it really felt like, I think what you can say about this show that I think is uh, maybe perhaps a universal truism is that from season to season, uh, at least how they have chosen to, to define seasons, but from from um, season from five episode block to five episode block, the show just gets better and better every time. I hope, I really hope, in this in this uh, this new world of of cost cutting measures that a lot of the streamers are going through, I really hope we get more of this show because I can't tell you how just wonderful it has been to have new interesting He Man. Uh, just served up on a piping hot platter. I, I I agree. I agree. Something that is, you know, definitely the ha, keeps maintains the spirit of the original uh, episodes to a degree, but definitely is adultifying it a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And especially with this episode, holy! <laughs> I, I can always tell how old we are by the words we use. And when anytime someone goes, it's rugged. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, that's bad. that's bad. <laughs> This, this mm-hmm. is this is this was a rugged one, in yeah. a good way. In a good way. Good rugged. Good rugged. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. There was some there was some rugged subject matter in this one for sure. Um, my question to you is: Why hasn't anyone taken the initiative and created a he a game where you play as He Man or perhaps one of the other masters of the universe? But you play as He-Man, and it's an open-world game set in Eternia. Just let me explore Eternia and all the different points of interest and uh, wonderful parts of the lo- of the land. And let me just do some side quests and a main quest. Let me just basically, hey, hey, game developers out there, I know, you know, a little game called Skyrim. I'm sure it wasn't, like, that hard to put together. Can we just have that? But He-Man, thanks. See you in two years. I mean, I'd play it. I'd play it. Yeah, I would too. I mean, yeah, I don't know what, what, why people are not doing it, but God, that would be a good fit. I feel like third-person action RPG starring you as Prince Adam slash E-Man. You select like a group of like up to three other masters besides He-Man or whatever. Maybe oh, you yeah. just pick like like it's four, and then they can go to different parts of the world. And if you want, you can hot swap between each one of them as you're kind of yeah. dealing with different things. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, of course you'd always want to rock He-Man. I, I don't really think you wouldn't. You know, like, hey, He-Man's going to stick in here, but then like the other three you pick is super exciting. Though it would probably be Tila, Orko, and uh, Man-at-Arms for me every time. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, unless you really want to, I think you could do a situation where you would have, you could have puzzles and then you could sort of call in an assist and you could play temporarily as one of the other masters like snout sprout a spout or whatever uh and you know to to uh solve a water puzzle and then it's back to he-man i think you could do that have a core group and then like kind of leverage all the different ones as like uh almost like little power-ups that you could have but uh anyway you know feel free to take it anyone out there who's got the license to do he-man games uh this is a rich fantasy world with a bunch of fun world building that i think people we just haven't tapped into enough. I see a lot of like, I've seen some He-Man games, but they're like side-scrolling beat-em-ups, and I think a lot of that makes sense. I think I don't disagree with that choice, but man, 
Or we're just missing like a you know rich storytelling potential in a fun, vibrant world that is just chock a block filled filled with uh with fun opportunities to to really delve into the lore and the weirdness. The thing about the He-Man world is that it's so like delightfully weird and almost anachronistic in some ways. Uh, there's really nothing else like it. Oh, for sure. It it it's a blend of genres. Um, mm-hmm. Right, you get your sci-fi, you get your fantasy, you get your old soap opera, you get a little goofy, you get a bunch of different things that tonally gives a lot of runway to games or you know, other avenues, but definitely for games, more options that you're able to pull from, the better. So, yeah, no, this is definitely something that I'd like to see. I would say taken seriously, but with a more serious attempt than like the last few. Like I remember, I remember when like idle clickers or clicker games were the the, the hot new mobile thing. Where sure, yeah, just, they had a He Man game on there that I played just because it was He Man. It was the only game I could play. But it, the whole time I was doing, it's like, man, I just wish this was just a real He Man game instead of yeah. Being just, Punching a giant skeletor in the face while fun, not necessarily the only thing I want to be doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that just seems like there's untapped potential there. I do hope that eventually uh, somebody gives it the go. The, the big budget AAA treatment that I think it deserves. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but we're, you know what, John? We're not here to talk about speculative video games. No. We're here to talk about Masters of the Universe Revolution, uh, and specifically about the third series and the fourth episode titled The Dogs of War. And guess what, John? I did my homework this time. Oh, good. Glad. Finally. This one is written by uh, Tim Sheridan and directed by uh, Anna, uh, Adam Conero and uh, Patrick Stannard. Uh, as all of them are directed by Adam Conero and uh, Patrick Stannard. But this one written uh, by Tim Sheridan, not by Kevin Smith, although Kevin Smith retains the uh, the story editor credit on uh, on all of these. So I think you know he's got his uh, he's got his deft fingers uh, in all of these pies. <laughs> yeah, well, get them out of there. That's gross. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> it's the hell of, yeah, just, you could. There's like you got thermometers. There's a lot of ways to test if a pie is done besides sticking your finger in there. Yeah, Kevin definitely Smith. don't. That's gross. That's that's nasty, Kevin Smith. Get you your nasty. fingers out of those pies, Kevin Smith. Seriously, uh, seriously, that's right. Yeah. But uh, but you know what? Maybe it is the presence of his fingers that make these pies <laughs> so delicious. Are uh, we still talking about a show? I don't know. I stopped following after you started talking about Kevin Smith sticking his pie, fingers in pies. Uh, not for it. Not for it. It is a weird... I, I guess I've never bothered to take the time and look up the entomology of that uh, phrase. Because it is weird, right? There's no... No one should have any fingers in any pies, and yet here we are. Yeah, that is... Yeah, that seems like a real poor way to test if a pie is ready. Like, yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of sayings like that, right? Don't look like a gift horse in the mouth. That's Whatever. not. What does well, that mean? Well, I don't know if it means like the horse is going to spit bees at you or uh, or bite you. I mean, I guess bite is a little bit more realistic than it shooting bees at you. But still, you know what I mean. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. That uh, something that uh, truly only happens in the the adult mind of uh, Homer Simpson. I think uh, animals shooting bees out of their mouths. But uh, yeah, um, it's true. I I'd been watching the old Simpsons as late, and I watched that episode. So mm, good for you though. That's uh, that's some good rewatching. If as far as I can, as far as I'm concerned. Word. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, let's not look this gift horse in the mouth, and uh, let's get right into it. Uh, as I said before, the episode we're talking about, the episode is Dogs of War, the place, Netflix. <laughs> um, I'm really uh, happy that that has influenced your uh, par- your, your, your parlance from here oh, on out. Oh, you, you know it. Yeah, yeah, you know it. We're all big uh, babby boys over nope. here these nope. days nope 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 we don't call ourselves babby boys or yep that's or, right nope. babby nope. boys yeah. we gotta see god i really gotta stop letting you name some things sometimes you get them right sometimes <laughs> sometimes. sometimes it's babby boys Ten thousand tons of steel alone in the night uh, but we're not talking about babylon 5 no we're talking about masters of the universe revolutions and we're talking about uh, the penultimate episode of Series 3, The Dogs of War. Uh, let's get right into it. New opening, of course, has been has been the tradition this season. We still get the Raspberry Rocks, which, thank goodness. Yeah, if those uh, would have changed, I don't. I probably would have stopped watching. No, yeah, but we we fly through Grayskull this time and it's all tech broed out and uh it's it's got me mobo has done her interior decorating job and uh we got the big googly eyes on the front of the skull and yep. it's looking real garish definitely like i mean you're definitely hoping the good guys win just to get it to look back to its like classic look because this this look is not doing it any favors. That's right. It's like it does. It sounds like if if this castle had a voice, it would be like, "Hello, <laughs> it's me, Castle Grayskull." <laughs> Don't you know? I've got a big chrome face. Um, but uh. As is also tradition, the Revolution logo has been changed once more from a snake's belly texture to a glitchy purple business, um, which uh, you know is is a is a fun through line that we continue to see. Uh, but we cut right from there to the inside of a transformed Eternos Palace, and uh, we're in a cell where we see Sad Adam or Sada. Uh, mm, oh, never mind. Mm, yep. <laughs> No, no uh, we'll come up with another one. And Kreinger? No, no, okay, no. We'll, we'll keep working on it. Yeah. But uh, we also get Skeletor Slam poetry, poetry to start everything off. Uh, and it's really just a, a way for Skeletor to uh, gloat. Oh, yeah, this is a um, gloat fest for sure. Oh, it's definitely. Skeletor gloats, Adam mopes, um... And you know the, we get a little bit of a we get a little bit of a a hint that Skeletor is a little bit um, uh, bitter at Hordak for keeping his memories from him, um, but uh, not so bitter that it's distracting Skeletor from really uh, reminding Adam once again that his dad is dead. And guess what? He's stuck in sort of a hellish limbo of which there is no returning. 
yeah, true. But it's also like your dad's dead. But wait a minute. My brother's also dead. That would have been great if he was just like, <laughs> he was like I'm, I'm so confused, Holly. That's what I was hoping for, but he didn't. He didn't. He's like, I'm glad he's dead. Ah. He was definitely pulling a joker on that one. Yeah, he doesn't care. He does not care at all. And, uh, no. Yeah, this is um, this this is an interesting switch because we have uh, you know Prince uh, Atreides Adam there that mm-hmm. has not still changed in his, his funeral, still in his funeral garb, uh, sitting in there. Just makes his... me think that this is there has been a total of of five to six hours that have elapsed since uh, since the the events of the previous scene. Yeah, at, at most. Um, but you know, I mean, I guess. I guess you can kind of, uh, Skeletor can count this as a win, even though really it was Hordak and Mimobo that uh, brought this along and just brought Skeletor along for the ride, I guess, because he had a place for them to crash, you know? Like, yeah, he. I mean, he played a pretty important part, but it's yeah. fairly clear that he is already kind of setting the groundwork for taking uh, full credit for what has happened. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely, he's definitely a, a swagger jacker for sure. <laughs> for sure and he uh he reminds prince adam that he has you know he may feel low now but he has not lost everything by bringing in an uh, uh, unconscious queen marlena um and, and depositing her in the same cell um and it, he he ends the scene by kind of wishing that that He-Man could come out to play. I really w- wish that I could see the look on the other guy's face. And, and I'm like, oh, you mean a slightly beefier version of the face you're looking at right now? I think you could probably imagine what it would look like. Yeah, but do you really want him in there? Because you know that's his whole thing is going to be the foil whatever you're doing. Yeah, so, but your track record is not great when it comes to fighting He-Man. So maybe just be happy that he's not there. Yeah, he's really good at like securing a primary, but he's really bad at securing the general, and yep. that is usually how Skeletor operates. So, uh, yeah, whatever. Meanwhile, in uh, in a, a Turnos at large, we cut to the exterior of the palace and begun the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Around the survivors, a perimeter create. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Yoda's not saying that. No, a very inconspicuous giant glowing python <laughs> that is just uh, that is just surveying everything is the, is the one uh, making this observation. And uh, this is a new power that uh, the sorceress has. Um and uh, we see that this is Tila is able to create a, like a magical snake construct that where she is able to re- remotely um, uh, surveil what is happening in Eternos. Uh, but she's not like she just, this magical snakes aside. She wants to get back in the fight. Yeah, totes, wouldn't you? Like, I guess look, you just literally <laughs> look. Someone literally look. You were trying to do a good thing. You're like, look, this this guy I kind of like. His dad died. Our equivalent of heaven doesn't really exist right now. I'm going to rebuild it for him. It's a great, like, first date maybe type of, like, gesture. 
so she goes out on this spirit quest, do all that. And then someone low jacks her home and then like Murray condos it with a bunch of technology. I don't know if that analogy works, but it feels like it's appropriate and dresses <laughs> up her home, messes everything up, ruining this nice thing she wants to do. Yeah. I'd want to get in the fight too. I won't be wanting to punch people in the face. Yeah. Um, I get it. No, I totally get it. But, uh, yeah, luckily, luckily normal Lynn is thinking more tactically. Because Tila's like, listen, let's just stop the quest we were on. We gotta get in there. We gotta, we gotta scrap it up. And uh, Normalin is just like, hey, you know. But if you had all the powers, think about how much more effective you would be against Hordak and his hordes. I mean, true, but it's, but I mean, it's Normalin. I mean, she just, she just shifted from evil to normal. Though it's clear she is not working with the uh, Hordak because two of his uh, very cool-looking automatons appear from the jungle, uh, and uh, Normal Lin and Tila are ready to fight, but uh, there ends up being no need because who is this dripped-out armored uh, hunk that has appeared? Uh, Extendar. <laughs> Despite the visual similarities with Extendar, it is in fact Duncan, and he's got a new name, John. He's no, of course he's no longer the man at arms. That's uh, uh, that's Andra. No, he is the man of war, and he's got a great new look to go along with his great new name. And I have to say, I can't wait to get this toy. Yeah, me neither. Any any toy that turns one of the hands into a mace just to punch someone in the face with is okay in my book yeah and i love that they they did they took the ninja turtle route by making all of hordak's hordes uh the, the soldiers the robots because man they can just show them crushing heads smashing in faces really with reckless abandon and it's not uh gory or gross um Duncan asks the question that we've all we're all thinking when he sees t his daughter Tila is like, "What the hell happened to you?" <laughs> it's like it is a shocking response, but again, they don't really dwell on it much. What I think, which I find quite funny, because he's just like, uh, and then because normal in it's like, "Well, what happened to your armor?" And then they just move on. No one is like, "Okay, yeah, great, we can talk about that in a second. Can we go back?" Because you are a snake lady now, and you weren't before, so what's <laughs> happening? Help me understand this, please. Yep. But wait, wait, wait. I, I, don't, I feel like we have to just... I need more information. I can't move past this. Uh, no, no one's <laughs> thinking about that. Um, Duncan's just lamenting the fact that he has he had to play matchmaker with... Uh, what we find out, who he's referring to, is Gwildor and Orko. Because... We go back to Gwildor Gully, and uh, Orko and Gwildor are busy working on the Sword of Power. Well, I guess uh, Orko's fretting, and yeah. Gwildor is working. Yeah, and I, I'm questioning Gwildor's work. I was really excited to see him last episode, but this work looks kind of like the equivalent of just like putting some, uh, I don't know, like uh, some paint on the sword or something. I can't really tell what he's doing at this point with his little weird tools that Definitely don't look like you'd forge shit with them. Like, yeah, I mean, you, a, well known. You're a well known fan of forged and fire, so you've, you you know. uh, you approached this with a very skeptical eye. There, I didn't even see a quench bucket. <laughs> yep. 
and they don't get all that much time to kind of uh, to live in this moment because the door gets kicked down, and who should appear but Grizzlor, Leech, and Mantena, the Horde's uh, terrifying uh, trio, is back, and. Uh, Grizzlor attacks to, and then we we swipe to the next scene. It's a swipe transition. We don't. We have. We're left hanging in terms of what is happening back at Gwildor Gully. Um, but we uh we cut over to the palace dungeon where uh, Adam is successfully waking up his mother from uh her bout of unconsciousness, and um, they uh she's fine, but uh, Adam is like. Good, you're awake. Now I got a trauma dump on you. I did such a bad job, Mom. Oh, jeez. If I had the sort of power, I might be able to turn into He-Man, but I don't. And it's like, yeah, but do you think that they would have let you keep it? Exactly. Like, I mean, look, he keeps it on the small of his back, and sometimes you see it, and sometimes you don't, but it just happens to be there. But it's not like they're going to be like, uh, you know what? You can keep that inside the... Uh Inside the jail cell, that's okay. Oh, come on. Come on. They, they can take it away from him. That's 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 the time when you listen to your mom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that he just needs to keep trying to pull the power down sans the sword. We know he can do it. And I realize that this the Mimobo is is creating some, uh, some interference between him and the power, but I haven't seen him try a lot. You know, he's not being, he's not walking around the room with his hand held up trying to find a signal. (laughs) (laughs) I have the power. I have the power now. How about now? Can you hear me, power? (laughs) Now power. Um, But uh, Marlena gives him a great pep talk. You know, courage is, is its own kind of power, John. And he's got that, you know, in droves. He's got plenty of courage. And that seems to... To uh, to cheer Adam up, he needed. That's just what he needed to hear. Sure. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Yep. Yeah, good point. Um, elsewhere in the palace, Skeldor uh, clangs around the halls, being generally dejected by all these uh, horde uh, automatons that he sees everywhere. Um, and that is until he comes upon a mirror and sees the reflection of Keldor. Keldor smirks at him. Snaps his fingers and bam! Uh, Skeldor is uh, transported to the throne room of Grayskull and is confused about how he got there. Uh, That's when he gets a little... It's sort of like those scenes in Lord of the Rings where Gollum is sort of talking to the evil version of Gollum. uh, Except they're both evil, so I'm not sure exactly what's happening here. Keldor seems a little bit more Machiavellian and and uh, schemy than uh, Skeldor. Um, but uh, basically, Keldor's like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going? Listen, look at look at me, Bobo, up there, uh, processing all the secrets of Grayskull. Anyway, what do you say we kill it real good?" Yeah, let's just do it. We're here. Yeah. We're here. She can't tell. Can't Apparently, Big it. Flaw uh, doesn't even have like an ounce of processing power. Just uh, you know, attached to a ring camera. Something, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Just like ones and zeros has covered her eyes, and she is completely unaware of her surroundings. Again, 
Grayskull has been sort of hilariously vulnerable this this entire season, and this continues even now that the bad guys have uh, taken it over. Yeah, true. Couldn't even couldn't even protect from a little magical, uh, evil self talking to yourself on your shoulder teleport. Nope. No. Yeah. That nothing. They did not see that coming at all. And uh, uh, Keldor is first off. William Shatner giving a fantastic uh, performance as Keldor, really pulling out all the stops. And uh, he's just like, hey, pull her plug. Yeah, she's like a techno thing. Yeah, just pull the plug. I mean, it sounds right, but like to your point, where, where where's the guards? Where's the anything else to, to prevent that? Just versus her just kind of low jacked into grayskull yeah i guess she's learning stuff from the rocks i i really don't understand what what is happening here all that well but uh but we cut away from there we'll we'll have to find out what he uh what skeletor really did because we cut back to eternos palace skeletor has returned and he is approaching hordak with a very fancy present it's uh it's your sort of traditional square shape, but it has like a very thematic circuit board ribbon. Who knows where he got that from? Um but uh Hordak is not impressed with this uh this ovation, this 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 gift that he's brought. He also doesn't wonder why. He's like, What what are you doing? Is this I didn't re- is this a tourney at Christmas? What is happening? Well, I mean Hordak seems like a person just expects people to give him presents relatively often. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, like that's why I don't think he'd bat an eye. It's also I'm Hordak. Look, I just took over Eternia. Um, Mimobo is like, you know, got I'm I'm riding high. Maybe I do deserve a gift. You know, I work extremely hard at paying other people to fight for me and all that stuff. So maybe 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 that was the expectation. <laughs> right. I'm gonna do a little self care. Yeah, uh, I deserve it. I, you, know. you know what? Let me have that present. I deserve it. Um, but we do get uh more of the flashback to uh Keldor's uh and uh, Hordak's interaction because this is where uh Skeletor really drops the bomb that he knows. The whatever blockage that has been keeping him from the memory of the fact that he was Keldor has been removed, and so we do get. I know we were talking about this when we saw the brief um, flashback of of Keldor slash Skeletor's story um, in the previous episode, but we do get to live in this flashback a little bit longer and hear some dialogue actually, which is real cool. Yeah, it always, we were talking about how we'd want a whole episode of just this, uh, so getting a little more is always appreciative. Yeah, very much. Um, and uh, so uh, as uh, as Skeldor like drops the the facade and uh, and the prestige is is sprung on Hordak. Um, we get to find out what's in the box, John. What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh, uh, this, it's a seven reference, John. Uh, uh, no, that's what's I, in the box. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. it and it was it was terrible because it was uh, Brad Pitt's acting. 
was in the box. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. It was weird. It was just, no, this was rugged. I was not expecting this at all. It yes. Was, it's, it's a very me. gory looking robot head. Like, you know, it's just, she's like a technological creature, but man, seeing that the the decapitated head of me Mobo in that box was uh was no less gory feeling. Oh yeah, holy crap. That was I was not expecting that at all. I was not expecting that. I I don't know, I guess what I would be expecting in the box, but not a not me Mobo's head. Yeah. Definitely not what I was expecting there, but holy Well, RIP R.I.P. Mimobo. I guess that, you know, it was great to hear Meg Foster. It was great to see Mimobo as a character, but she is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy the time we had with her, I guess. Yeah. Uh, So Hordak is like, oh, okay, you want to fight? Let's fight. I'm going to take out my staff. It's going to put little uh, tubules into my armor, and I'm going to get a little over-the-air update real quick. Uh... (laughs) And uh, get much bigger armor, and then we get a big old bad guy fight, or at least the start of one. Yeah, I mean, is it really bad when two bad guys fight? Uh, no, not at all. But it is a spectacle. Um, oh, you know, sh- part sh- of you is just like, you know, let them let them fight. Uh, but uh, uh, yes, it is a it is definitely the start of a big spectacle, but. We cut from there down into the bowels of the, uh, into the dungeon, I should say, of uh, Eternos Palace, and and Adam is like, "What's going on up there?" And luckily, they don't have to wait long to find out because Andra is right there. And guess what? This is all part of her brilliant plan. She uh, she let Marlena get captured and uh, tracked her using her. Mm, I don't know. Well, house about, arrest? Yeah, low jack. Her house, house arrest, arrest low jack. Like, yep. Yeah, I mean, imagine it would be a little more stylish than literally something. Yeah. You're you have to go to your um God, what do you call those uh, parole officers? Yeah. <laughs> sure I guess I was thinking about the internal logic of the like cuz it's very impressive that uh, Andra did this, and I think it is necessary for the story to have her do something cool after like being so uh, easily taken by um, uh, by Keldor. Sure. Um, but like, I the only thing that makes sense to me for why this would be a good plan is if I guess there must be a lot of dungeons in Eternos Palace because. You got to imagine that's like the place they check first <laughs> to see if Adam is there. But instead they're like, ah, I knew they that Skeletor would take you, take Marlena right to you. And then I could find you. And it's like, but you didn't just check the dungeon? Uh, like the one place where we keep everybody? Yeah, the one place where you would lock up one of your enemies. You didn't just, it wasn't like, you know what? I got this plan. Let me set it into motion. But before I have you dragged around and knocked unconscious by a bunch of uncaring horde robots, uh, maybe I'll just check the dungeon. <laughs> I would just check the uh, natural place to check for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fair. But then we wouldn't get Queen Marlena, uh, funeral Queen Mar- Marlena with... Homing device uh, action yeah. figure. That's right. Yeah, we wouldn't get Lojack or Marlena. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, Adam's like, hey, I can't call down the power, but I am going to need the keys to my dad's armory. Man at arms. Also, I guess I don't know where that is. Anyway, let's not think about this too much. Um, and we don't, because we're cutting out to the streets of Eternos, where uh, Man of War, Tila, and Normal Lynn are fighting techno-zombies, albeit reluctantly, because they make the point, they're like, hey, these are people that I, you know, I was just out at TGI Fridays with Ted over here, and now I'm socking them in the face with my mace hand. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell the people who care about the people of Eternos, and the one who might not as much. <laughs> because mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean while we didn't necessarily go spoiler alert here we didn't get a he-man yeet in this episode but we sure as hell got a normal in yeet yep yeah she's having <laughs> she's playing with portals she takes one of the techno zombies puts him in a portal and we think that maybe he's going to like i don't know put him into some sort of uh some holding cell himself no she just kind of portals him into a sky where we see him just his body just arcing over to a certain doom i have to imagine oh that dude's dead he he flew over a building and landed and you you see how like that palace is kind of situated in the streets it just seems like there are parapets and like all oh, that yeah. stuff all through it now that dude's dead he's that hitting dude. the he's hitting all the things all the way down so r.i.p old or <laughs> Which is not technically that guy's name, but certainly could be. Um, but we cut from that back to the gully of Gwildor, and uh, Orko gets a chance to show how competent he is these days. Where uh, while he, you know, these are the this is the trio that uh, that killed the crap out of uh, out of Stonedar. Yep. They didn't even blink when they they murdered Stonedar. Yeah, those monsters, and sucked him of all his rock juice. But they they don't stand a chance between uh, against Orko's bevy of magic because he just he just makes short work of them. They really uh, don't stand a chance. Um, Gwildor finishes the sword. And he held, holds it aloft, and we finally get to see all the cool work that he's done, totally transforming it. And it looks the same. <laughs> it looks, yeah. the, looks the same sword, except it's got some some sweet neon uh, RGB light piping in there yeah. uh, to really know that it's an upgraded model. Yeah, it like he just bought a phone case at like the stand in the mall. Just yeah. slapped it over. Not, not, not as tech. I was... In a weird way, I was kind of hoping it would have turned into, like, the new Adventures of He-Man tech sword, like the green lightsaber he had, just to, mm-hmm. to kind of bring Something that like in. Something like that. Something, I was, I, that's what I was expecting. This one, uh, you know, it's cool, but just, yeah, it's just more like it's, the, uh, you know, the power sword brought to you by Asus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, it's the Republic of Gamers uh power sword although i have to say like i feel like this is like the pre-adam getting it and calling down the power once the power gets infused into this thing i i have a feeling that we might see it in a you know look a bit different perhaps um but we we don't get to see that right now because all we get to see is quildor wielding it and running forward in a very very it's supposed to look cool Kind of just looks like, funny. Yeah, ghost and goblins type of 
super yeah. jump. <laughs> right, he thing. does. It's back when you know we used to when you used to play the first Mario and like you'd hold down the B button to, for him to dash, but it would like do a little hop first. Yep, <laughs> it's basically the same sort of motion that Gildor does here, and it's just I don't know. I think it's just funny seeing somebody wield a sword that is like twice uh, as big as they are. Uh, so all around. You know, whatever they're 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 scrapping it up. They're getting into it. I'm not going to judge them for all. They're you know they're, they're in a life or death situation. I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, cast any aspersions. I mean, they're fighting better than I would against these three. True. I, I mean, at best, I would just soil myself, and then obviously just hope, die. Yeah, hope the smell makes it, them. Yeah, them just think twice. Yeah, they're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm. and then he just bombs off the other way yeah that's kind of what i was hoping for yeah exactly yeah grizzlord does not want to mess with that who knows if some of it gets in his hair exactly it's never coming out clumped. exactly it's like bubblegum but it's 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 poo so it's worse <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right i am moving on uh Back at Eterno's palace, uh, Hordak and Skeletor are in a big old DBZ-style fight. Uh, the, the shop is being wrecked, as is the animation budget, uh, and it looks really, really nice. Uh, it really seems like Hordak has the upper hand here, um, but... Uh, but it's just a fun, it's just a fun uh, bit of uh, fighting business. Yeah, I like I I, I like uh, armored Hordax look. I like the kind of callbacks to shape changing abilities, forming like you know the guns and all that stuff. This is a really cool like uh, drag out fight uh, between these two that we never really gotten before. Now, so I'm mm-hmm. really appreciating this. We get more flashbacks to the training and more um, more suggestions that this is. Uh, that Hordak's stance is that, yeah, magic is cool, but it's a cheat. It won't make you strong. Only mastering technology will make you a master of the universe. Um, but uh, we cut from there after Skeletor gets a, a finally gets a good shot in on Hordak. And um, we're outside the palace where uh, Techno Zombie Rio Blast and a Snout Spout show up to uh to take on our uh trio of uh of heroes um who uh have teleported in to assist i guess everyone's kind of uh meeting back up now because we have uh duncan man of war man at arms uh normal lynn sorceress Queen Marlena, for some reason, <laughs> she, I guess I guess she's got nowhere else to go. It's not uh, like they could be like hang out in, in the, the the castle. Those are those are filled with Hordax men. Well, also remember, Queen Marlena is a, a starfighter pilot from Earth, so yeah. she's got get, training. That's right. Get her in a starfighter. Get her, yeah. Get, get, let's get her, get her, her to ship do. to fly around and start shooting people. Or if not, you know, get her get her a space gap. You could do this, no problem. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, evil or normal Lin is about to be blasted uh, by uh, Rio Blast and teleports away uh, without a word. 
she's going to go kind of, she's just looking at the fight between Skeldor and a Hordak. She just wants to check it out. So she's going to spend the rest of this time just kind of seeing what's happening. I mean, that seems like that'd be the fight to watch versus like the Horde mech army and the, the, the oh, yeah. zombie I get people it. Eternos. Yeah, I'd go and go see that too. I mean, like we see some some pretty fantastical light show uh, coming from the the destroyed sections of the palace. So I get why normal in is just like oh bye. Exactly. Also, I mean, real talk though, I do like the fact that she she noticed like havoc magic being used. Right. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm picking up on. She's like, oh well, that's what we need next. You know, we need that staff or. Whatever, and also this is boring, and I don't want to get shot by Rio Blast, even though it takes about a good two minutes to open and, up all his guns and <laughs> yeah, ports yep, and stuff to like, do it. Seems like it takes a really long time for him to blast anything. Um, but uh, over in the in the the tower, we get another flashback of well, again we get to get treated to the the very rugged face melting off of Skeletor. Uh, during a flashback where he embraces the Havoc staff and uh, is imbued with the power. Um, but uh, now, uh, the, we, uh, you mentioned this before, but uh, Hordak just turns into a jet. His feet turns <laughs> turn into, yeah. form into a jet, and they do some real kind of Superman stuff where uh, Hordak is just like uh, pushing Skeletor through floor after floor, wall after wall. Um, and, uh, but much like Superman, no one seems to be getting hurt and and Skeletor is no exception. He's able to turn his feet into cool little rocket boots because we got deus ex nanobots up in here. Um, and, uh, they, they fly off, fly off all the way to Castle Grayskull. I mean, I guess that's the place to go, right? Yeah. Everyone is lined up out there. Like, all the people from Eternos are just kind of hanging out outside, just, like, ready for a speech or something. Yeah, it was a little weird. I was like, why would you bring them there? Yeah. Like, does it really matter that they be right here right now, or they could just be at home or, I don't know, fighting the people you wanted them fighting? Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, you'd think so. But eh, Hordak is a little bit of hubris in his in his part with his technological monstrosities i guess indeed and a little bit more uh, maybe a, a bit more um uh faith in his cloaking technology than is deserved because he tries to sneak up on skeletor uh and skeletor really has his number not fooled by the cloaking technology whatsoever no not even a, a little bit um, and, uh, you know, he's like, hey, you might have tech, and I might not be able to beat you with your tech, but I've got something that you don't have, and that's magic. Uh, and, yeah. He also has the Green Lantern ring, apparently. Right, magic, apparently, yeah, it allows him to make magical constructs, because he makes a shield and a sword, and with that sword, John... He runs Hordak through. Hordak, seemingly the big bad of this entire season, is dead. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I questioned he was dead through the first stab, 
But then when he twisted the blade, yep. just, I was like, oh, okay. He's, and then when we saw him and all yeah. the blood, I was like, the, ooh, he goes That's really a drawing dead. of a dead body. Yeah, It yeah. looks very dead. Uh, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was shocked to have Hordak uh, for this to be... Uh, me, Bobo, and Hordak both dispatched in the same episode, which it was not what I was expecting, but here we are. Um, and uh, Normal Lin uses this opportunity to teleport in, do a little fun bit of, uh, of magic with the kind of new magic she uses, which is like this sort of golden... Um, geometrical stuff, but she casts a spell and slices uh, Skeletor's arm off. Yeah, that was grotal too. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Tetsuo arm with uh, that had the Havoc Staff head in it, and it kind of forms back into the actual Havoc Staff, and she just takes it and leaves. And Skeletor is not is very nonplussed by this. He's like, I don't need that anymore. And we see him sort of. Uh, being more imbued with technology and magic at the same time as he's he cackles um as we cut away very uh very ominous surely a new version of the skeletor toy are we we're seeing being formed here one that i'm very excited about how they'll what kind of like special treatments they'll do to the plastic to make it look cool looks like it might have some clear plastic parts which i am 100 percent here for yeah ditto Always give me clear plastic parts, and I'll I'll be (laughs) more likely to buy it. Of course. Trust me on that. Translucent, (laughs) invisible, or cool things? Yes. Must own them all. Yes. Any sort of special treatments, I'm here for. Um, Mm -hmm. But we uh, cut back to Eterno City, uh, and Andra is knocking out possessed car guards with uh, some uh, of a some sort of a gas grenade with her matching gauntlets, as you pointed out. Uh, easy, uh, easy switch for this version of the toy. Um, and uh, then the little freak buzz off appears, <laughs> coming right at her. Ugh. And the last thing you want is a is a buzz off racing towards you at top speed. Exactly. You don't even know if, what if you've never been stung by a bee. You don't know if you're allergic to it. It's terrible. Terrible. Terrifying. Yeah. Looking like a little freak. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, you know, Tila's there and they're all uh, fighting and they kind of seem like maybe Buzz Off will get the upper hand, but nope. Um, because, uh, the Hulkbuster from the first episode shows up. And who should be inside but a King depowered Rainbow. at... Oh, nope. <laughs> <Yep>, he's alive. <laughs> His zombified corpse. The Game zombified <laughs> corpse of King Randor. Ah, this is my... I'm. This is the kind of hell I have to live through now. My soul won't go to Praternia. Kill me! It's a very I'm dark turn. I'm inhabiting this suit. My ghost <laughs> is in this suit. I'm trapped here forever. <laughs> this is your fault, Adam. Oof! yeah rugged um and uh uh, they have a nice fight and talk uh tila's like hey i was trying to get paternia back so your dad would have somewhere to go and adam's like oh yeah you you don't have to do that i just like hanging out with you 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 can just hang out i I don't really care (laughs) it's very much like 
the ghost of her dad of uh, of King Randor must be floating nearby, being like, "What?" what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but this um, motherhood. Him, <laughs> come on, can we keep our eyes on the prize? I don't care what you do, I'm dead. Um, but uh, normal Lynn uh shows up and kind of just updates everybody on the current status of the of the matchup of uh, who's on the board still. Hordak is dead. And uh, Skeletor has some found a way to harmoniously fuse magic and technology, and is turning into some new sort of Skeletech god. Um, and so it, it's time. She's got the Havoc Staff. All three staffs are there. I guess the fourth staff or the fourth tower is still. We don't. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see next episode what if that comes back into play. Yep. But uh, this is time for uh, Tila's. Uh, epic transformation. She's got all three staves, and it's uh, we get to see briefly her havoc form, which is pretty cool. Yep, looks like Demona from Gargoyles, as you pointed out. Yes, mixed with a WoW character. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, we get to see the new, like we get to see all three staves combined to make a brand new staff that has elements of of all of the the previous one. And uh, there is a there's a massive light show, and all the effects budget, or the animation budget, is really going into this one scene. And we see that the three different uh, uh, powers fighting for jockeying for control. It's we don't know if if Tila will be able to combine all three, and we don't get to find out this episode because as Adam yells her name, as light bursts from her mouth and eyes. We cut to black, and that's it for this episode. Yeah, I could know. Like, I almost told you, okay, let's keep watching. We're, <laughs> we're here now. We're, let's just let's let's just watch this out. Let's just see what this is. That was yeah. That was a cliff. That was definitely a cliffhanger. Holy shit! Yeah, and now we're left to wonder: Does Tila the does the transformation complete? How do they? Uh, how do they take on this newly empowered Skeldor or Skeletor now fully in his Skella business? Uh, and uh, what is you know what kind of sacrifices shall our heroes make in this next episode? We don't know. We don't know, but there's a lot of people listening to this who do already, and probably like you guys are. <laughs> so wrong on so yeah. many things. Well, that's true. I mean, we definitely uh, even through th- last episode, through last episode, we a lot of our predictions did not come true. But that's the fun of all this stuff. Oh, totally. Um, so, uh, John, what did you think of this uh, season three episode four uh, episode, the Dogs of War? As a penultimate episode, this is great great pacing uh, uh some more backstory for uh you know skeletor um awesome fighting like you can definitely you know the animation has kicked it up a notch we've talked about it this is this was just great like it was just felt so short that like when it cut to black i was like what no you mean i gotta wait another week before i figure out what happens here why did we do why did we agree to do this i've never agreed to do this again i'm gonna watch all of them that's how much like entranced i was by these episodes and this episode was it just it was another banger like 
all bangers, no, no, no mids at this point. Yeah, uh, no fluff, no filler, all steak. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Really love this episode, uh, and and I'm really jazzed to uh, see what they do in the finale. Um, but let's get a little idea of what the finale might be because episode five, the finale of this season, quote unquote, okay. is called the scepter and the sword magic and tech spark chaos in a climactic battle for castle Grayskull. Can our heroes and a selfless act restore hope for Eternia's future? Find out next week on masters of the universe revolution. Uh, but before we're going to say bye for this week, we'd like to thank Burton M6 for our theme song. If you're interested in having him make a piece of music for you, check the show notes for a link to his Fiverr page. Links to our Discord and socials can be found in the show notes as well. Until next time, be kind to each other, because when it comes to making the world a better place for everyone, you have the power. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, it's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know, Masters of the Universe, Revelations, for show, we breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in, before He-Man grab somebody and start eating, from Evil Lynn, Clamp Champ, Teela, and the Man of Arms, they have the power, so come and join the squad, yeah, dear Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, let's go.